Are you tired of playing the same old games over and over again? Are you looking to spice up your game night with creative new ideas? Look no further because we're here to add some excitement back into your game night. We'll even show you how to take your love of games outside the confines of the living room. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everybody! In this episode, we talk about our experiences creating scavenger hunts. For the dice roll, we explore games that once intimidated us. We finally talk about our escape room proposal in our escape room report at 60 out. And of course, our Friday favorites. So Lauren, as is our new segment in here, let's talk right away about what we're bringing to game night. Okay. And I am bringing a fun new way to play D&D. Yes, a very fun new way to play D&D. Um, as per typical with New Year's resolutions, we often as many of us do, want to try to get more healthy and fit, right? Mm-hmm. And Lauren and I have done many different changes in our lives. You know, we've cut out certain foods. We've started counting calories, making plans to go to the gym regularly. Mm-hmm. And one thing I thought would be fun to do is to incorporate and kind of gamify our fitness. Yeah. Right? So what I did was I actually found a beginner adventure for D&D, mm-hmm. uh, 5th edition, for those of you wondering, that you can play with a smaller group because mm-hmm. it's just the two of us. And we are essentially only earning XP for our characters by doing exercises at home or the gym. Yeah, that we, we are actually earning XP. Right, so we're not getting 10 XP for every goblin that we kill. Uh-huh. We're getting 10 XP for doing a home workout. Yeah. Or 25 XP for going to the gym and doing an hour. Mm-hmm. So that way we can actually rack up the points there yeah we also are part and this is i should say not a paid promotion but we're yeah. part of this uh organization called nerd fitness mm-hmm. which if you do buy into the membership they actually have another way to gamify it where oh if you prove you can do like 10 squats in a row without stopping you get so much xp for uh-huh. your character so essentially what we're doing is we're taking the xp we get from that site combining it with the xp that we get from home workouts and gym visits uh-huh. and then that builds our aggregate total of XP for our characters. Mm-hmm. And then I'm applying that to the XP scale for 5th edition. Yeah. So right now, I forget where we are, but we're over 900 XP since the start of January. So now uh-huh. our characters are level 3. Yeah, and so our characters are kind of, because it's also just the two of us, mm-hmm. our characters are now almost about ready to do their first um, encounter. Well, the reason, Our first real play encounter. The reason I chose this encounter specifically is because I forget the name of it right now, but it starts with where the characters are escorting a caravan of like a commerce caravan uh-huh. 45 miles down this road mm-hmm. to get to the first encounter. Uh-huh. So I figure what we'll do is we're going to track how many steps we take throughout Which we've the been month. Doing, yeah. And then once that equals 45 miles, uh-huh. that next weekend, we play the first encounter. Yeah. Which we're just about ready to do. Yeah. And we also have um, some other like step goals that we're per- kind of geeky step goals we're working on, which I think, you know, I think once we get more into this and we've done it longer, I think we'll probably eventually have more of a dedicated episode maybe where we talk right. about this. Um, but yeah, I think just saying, you know, we are kind of doing this fun gamification way mm-hmm. of getting healthy and fit. Um, and that's kind of a focus that we both have right now. You even had a fun idea of putting in a couple extra exercises that fit your character. Yeah. Like describe the thing that you do. Um, yeah. So I've created, because my character is a ranger, I've created a way of kind of lifting weights that, um, mimics drawing a bow, mm-hmm. um, which it actually is very difficult to do. Like it, it definitely, you feel the burn and stuff. Right. Um, and I kind of got inspiration for that from, um, another, um, kind of group that I follow, 
Um, it's a kind of a nerdy gym. The name's escaping me right now. Um, and once again, I think we'll probably dedicate a longer episode to this or, you know, more of that will be a focus of our episode right. at some point. Um, but that they kind of do different things that also mimic, um, you know, uh, they'll do a Viking day or they'll do a That's superhero awesome. day and they'll do exercises that kind of mimic things that these things would, these characters or this theme would be about. So it's kind of a fun way to add a little bit more play to your game. That's fantastic. Um, so what I'm bringing to game night is healthy snacks because once again we're on a bit of a health kick right now don't want to ruin it with oreos yeah exactly so you know we do not to say that we never cheat because if you never cheat a little bit you get you cheat big yeah you know and you fall off the wagon you fall off the wagon yeah so um you know we we kind of try more for cheat meals not cheat days per se um but you know game nights that's a that's a time that it's really easy to fall out of step with what you're working on and stuff so we've tried to you know really eliminate things like soda from our game nights um you know we try we've always been pretty good about not um doing a lot of unhealthy food per se but definitely really you know we don't want to do um like pizza or things like that we try to stay away from that you know even if it does mean you know one healthier snacks, but even if it means maybe we don't all eat as a group, because when we eat all as a group, sometimes it's easier to fall back on those right. patterns. I mean, back before I met you, when I was doing game night with a different group of friends, uh-huh. we would default to just go to something like Del Taco, get the f- big family pack that's like, I think it's like five burritos and five uh-huh. tacos in there, and then just do that. And yeah. But there's only like two or three of us, mm-hmm. maybe four. So like, you know, that's not really Yeah, a you're great eating meal. more than you should probably. And yeah, so I mean. And definitely the soda intake was pretty crazy when yeah. I first came. So, but if we decide to do everyone kind of get food and then we'll all meet, uh-huh. you know, then that means that you and I can be more selective with what we choose to yeah. eat. You know, if someone else is not necessarily wanting or needing to go on a health kick and mm-hmm. they feel like they want pizza then you're fine to bring pizza it's just we're gonna be here with our you know hello fresh meal or yeah with, with our salad or with our you know grilled chicken mm-hmm. you know yeah and like i said it's just when it when you have a big group it's so much easier to be unhealthy in what you plan because you're you're looking for something easy mm-hmm. so it's easy to default back to pizza and things like that right. you know i did think we did good recently we had a get together um, of all our friends for not so much for a game night, but for our um, movie, movie draft, draft that we were doing. It was a, the finals of that. And we decided instead to get um, El Pollo Loco. So we had more of a grilled chicken, uh, fresh sides and stuff. It, it's so, still technically a fast food franchise, but it's a healthier option. It's healthier than pizza and chips. Or you McDonald's. Know? Yeah. yeah. Like, so, you know, we compromised a little bit there. Um, we did, you know, you and I did have a little soda that day, but we were trying to be good about it. We didn't eat it drink a ton of them Mm -hmm. um and we also switched off to like lemonade here and there too so you know baby steps and once again it's not that you can never have a good time or fun you know it's just you gotta really make sure that you make positive changes Uh so that they become a rare treat rather than the standard fare yeah exactly so that's that's what i'm bringing to game night is healthier options and choices right all right i think it is time that we get into our main topic so we are talking about scavenger hunts. Yes, because it's become kind of a thing that we've done a few times oh, now. Right. 
Um, so it started with a love for the TV show The Amazing Race, mm-hmm. which is kind of the ultimate scavenger hunt in a way. In a way, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and you know, you don't really have to be familiar with the show if you've never seen it. It's basically people racing around the world, completing challenges, finding clues um, that will eventually lead them to a finish line where they win money. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes, like I said, it goes all, all over the world. So we both really love this show. So I had come up with this idea that for your 30th birthday, I was going to send you on your own little amazing race all around our county, essentially. Which was really, really enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and so that was really fun. And we had a lot of fun with that. And you always said that you wanted to get me back. That you yeah. wanted to do your Because it's really fun. And I thought that you would really enjoy it. Yeah. You know? And it's fun to plan, too. It's not only is it fun to do, but it's fun to plan. And I had no idea what was coming next. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and it was always, like, kind of intimidating, like... I have a big fear of heights. Mm-hmm. And the very first thing that we did was starting to drive out towards where they do skydiving. And I'm like, you wouldn't. <laughs> you wouldn't. Not today of all days. On my yeah. birthday, would you make me like confront my greatest fear? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Then again, you would. So. <laughs> yeah. So but instead, it was like an indoor skydiving. Yeah. Thing. So for Greg, um, I sent him... Well, he didn't actually know any of it was happening either. Um, I had just told him kind of, here's the things I need you to have with you. And I need you to be ready to go at this time. Right. But I was, you were like, wear boots, wear jeans, Mm -hmm. bring a backpack with a water bottle. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then I showed up at your house at the time and, you know, gave you the clue that directed you where to go. And I was like, we're doing this. Um, Yeah. And I mean, we did it exactly Amazing Race style. You can um, actually buy printable versions of what they give the contestants. You Mm -hmm. can buy the little envelopes. All that stuff is um, easily available. So, you know, it's something you can buy for yourself to do your own Amazing Race. Um, And so I had all of those. And um, the first thing I had you do is, yes, I had you drive down and you did indoor skydiving. Which was uh, enjoyable. Like, <laughs> at one point, I did kind of lose control and I shot right up to the ceiling. I'm like, mm-hmm. ah! And then I, like, and we're talking, like, I went skyrocketing, like, 20 feet in, like, a matter of, like, uh-huh. a second. And then I was like, oh, no. And then, like, I lost it. Yeah, because you have to keep again. kind of a certain form. You, you have to you very much fall. keep a form. Because yeah. that depends upon, like, how much wind resistance you got on. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's hard to explain, but it was really fun. I yeah. would do it again. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was fun to watch. Um, and then I sent you all the way to the other side of town, um, or really, like we said, the county, um, where you actually had to complete a challenge using my horse. Mm-hmm. I had to um, get him to, like... Because I'd seen you do the horse showmanship a couple of times, you know, over the years. So, like, I had a vague idea of how to do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had to, like, watch a video of, like, how it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to, like, get on a little outfit. So, I had to do, like, a little outfit change, <laughs> like, Amazing Restyle. And I had to actually work with this animal uh-huh. who was not going to fully cooperate because he's a brat. Yeah. <laughs> and you had to be judged by someone who really knows. I mean, it was nope. my mother. But she knows but her stuff. she knows the stuff she so, used to compete, like, too. So. I think I had to do it, like, five times yeah. in order to get it right. She's mm-hmm. like, no. And, like, she wouldn't tell me what's wrong. She'd be like, no, go back and try again. Yeah. Um, That was fun because I actually uh, had to go and film the how-to video first. Right. So that was fun. And we had kind of a funny little outfit for you to change into. Which did not fit my head because my head's too big. (laughs) But it was a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) Then, I believe, from there, you got a clue that led you to um, a local popular mountain that people climb in our, our town. Um, and up there you were challenged to, um, prepare and eat an MRE. Which was super fun. Yeah. Like I was like, I, I had to like read the instructions. Like, how do you get this mm-hmm. thing to heat? Oh, it heats on its own. That's so weird. Yeah. You know? 
Um, then you had to um, locate a particular, a particular bar. bar in a landmark um, location that we have here in town yeah. um, and order a drink. Right. And then eventually it led you back to my parents' house where we had a surprise party waiting right. for you. Which was really fun. Yeah. Where all my friends were there, mm-hmm. you know, and we had a really good... And we had like a little finishing mat like they have. As you even got one of my friends from out of town to come yeah. in, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to see him there at all, you know. <laughs> and um, instead of money, he won a bag full of um, 100 grand bars. <laughs> which I loved, right? And I ate immediately because yeah. I loved that very much. Yes. Um, so obviously, you know, this took a lot of planning and thought to, you know, create this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that I kind of learned from it was, um, one, I hadn't really planned proper eating times, not only for you, but for myself. Right. Um, so we did kind of have to make a stop. Um, well, cause keep in mind you started us at like seven in the morning Yeah, and I think we didn't get to your parents' house. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like four or five in the afternoon. Yeah. It was, it was later Somewhere around there, right? Yeah. Um, the timing actually worked out really good. There was a lot of kind of coordination going on with certain people and things like that. Um, I kind of specifically designed some challenges to be things I could speed you up or slow you down on. Right. Um, and I kind of had like a, um, alternate plan if things were taking too long where I could eliminate a step if I needed to. Right. Um, so that worked out good. Um, one of the particular things I thought that um, I like that I do and I encourage people if you are ever planning something like this is make them kind of work for their clues. So a lot of times when you would complete a challenge, I would hit you with something else that was um, a way to figure out what the next thing was. Yeah, at one point you gave me a jigsaw puzzle that I had to put together that was a picture of a landmark that I would recognize yeah. once it was assembled. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for you, I spilled the pieces out of the box and I just immediately recognized yeah. it. I was like, I know exactly what it is. And you're like, you still have to put it together. I paid for this puzzle, you have to put it together. <laughs> um, it, it was just like, I, I can't explain it, it's... It, there's like this very specific window on this old tower yeah. that like I just have ingrained into my brain apparently mm-hmm. and I the piece fell out with that piece up and I'm like I know that window yeah <laughs> um, also you know at one point kind of in kind of true fashion of the amazing race one of the last things you had to do to find out where you needed to go and kind of check in so to speak um, you had to use a um, open a directional lock like we use in escape rooms mm-hmm. a lot. And it was the the major directions, east, uh, you know, north, south, west and stuff that you had traveled that day. Which was fun to remember, but yeah. you know me, I have a good sense of direction. Yeah, it took you a couple tries, but you figured it out pretty quickly. Right. Um, so, you know, things like that to kind of challenge them to get the clues um, and also keeping in mind kind of that timing. You know, for us, the main thing was we had to, we had the surprise party. So I had to get you to the location at a relative time window. You don't want people waiting there till 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I had to kind of forethink, you know, what those kind of And also, were. I'm sure you wanted to make sure I didn't get there too early because if people were late arriving. Yeah. Right, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, how about you, Greg? You recently um, finally got me back after a couple years. Yeah, right. With your own amazing Well, I want to lull you into false sense of security. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I did was... Um, you have this tradition with your family mm-hmm. about eating breakfast at a restaurant on Christmas Eve yeah. with them, right? And you couldn't do that this year just because we were busy and you were bummed about that. So that was kind of the inspiration for like the first part of it. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it already planned out. So what I did was I told your parents, well, let's just do New Year's Day uh-huh. because that's still a holiday. Yeah. And this also might be the last time we're able to do that because your parents are moving. Mm-hmm. So that restaurant is not going to be the easiest thing for everyone to get to. Yeah. So we did that and I told them I want to do a 
get Lauren back for the Amazing Race thing. So I gave them the clue to give to you. So mm-hmm. the only difference between yours and mine really is that you kept handing me the clues while what I did was I went out ahead of time to all the different locations. I talked to yeah. all the shopkeepers and I said, here's what I'm doing. Here's this clue. Give it to her when she arrives uh-huh. after she's done this thing. Yeah. You prearranged it with folks. And like I, 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 I asked the permission first and everybody was on board. Uh-huh. But I was prepared that if anybody said no, I'm not comfortable doing that. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I can, yeah. I can, you know, uh, divert to something else. Mm-hmm. I can, I can shift, you know. Everyone was totally on board to do that. So it started off with your mom handing you the thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, like, already had the little Travelocity note with me. And I slammed it on the table. I'm like, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the fun things we did is I was able to get, because um, if you ever watch The Amazing Race, they partner with Travelocity. And they use the little roaming gnome. And they usually, at some point in the show, have where they, they get a gnome that they have to carry somewhere or something. Right. And so I was able to get a little, it's like a little stress ball. A little squeezy stress toy um, thing. Version of the Travelocity gnome, and I made it into a keychain. So now it's kind of become our little, like, part of our little amazing races that Right, we do. so I had her put it on her backpack, and we uh-huh. were going. And so like you said, you want to make it so that it's a challenge to find the next mm-hmm. clue. So your very first thing was you have to go use the geocaching app, which I installed on your phone the day before, uh-huh. to find a predetermined list of five geocache spots, which I'd already gone to ahead of time, written down a fraction of the next address. Uh-huh. So you had to like puzzle together, like, what is this address? Uh-huh. You know? yeah. And not only was it like a regular address, but also it was inside of a mall. So I had to include the store space number. Uh-huh. So you're like, what is this? G122. Yeah. That doesn't, that's not anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I was very like worried when I first put it together because, well, you were smart is you didn't make a total anagram where I had to like completely scramble all of it. That would have taken too long. It was in chunks. So I pretty quickly figured out it was an address. Um, And then from just a a quick Google search, I was able to figure out what that address was for um, and where it was. Um, were you surprised how quickly I did figure it out? Yeah. You, I, you're a very smart woman, but like, I was hoping it would have taken you a minute more than that, you know? Yeah. But going to your point before, I also wanted to make sure I could control in case something was just tripping you up or uh-huh. also I, the point of this is to make sure everyone's having a good time. Yeah. And if I'm going to be torturing you, <laughs> then you're not having a good time. Like yeah. you're like, oh, I really don't want to do this. So if anyone's seen the amazing race for the earlier seasons i really wish they'd bring this back but they don't for some reason but that's their decision they used to have this thing called a fast forward uh-huh. where once you can use this special clue mm-hmm. that lets you bypass yeah. a challenge or a set of challenges uh-huh. so i gave you the challenge or the fast forward that you could use at any time that you had to find a penny marked with the year that we first started dating you know and as long as you can give me one of those then you know, uh, you can skip whatever you're currently doing. So uh-huh. essentially, I'm saying, like, you can change this challenge into find a penny with a certain date on it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. however you can. Uh, little did you know, I also had one hidden in my sock. So in <laughs> case you were really frustrated, I could be like, oh, I pretend to find one, you know. <laughs> so I, everything was in my control. Uh-huh. Um, and and you did, like, because I had never been geocaching before, right. so I didn't... Re- I, I understood that 
idea behind it, but I didn't really know what to look for. Essentially, it's so like you an had to help me a little bit, not to, in a room, and yeah. you're only looking for one little thing. Yeah, exactly. And like I didn't know when they said the micros, I didn't realize how micro those could be. And you oh know, yeah, we're talking like the size of your thumbnail. Yeah, exactly. So you had to help me a little bit a couple times because I was kind of like, I understand where it is, I understand what I'm kind of looking for, but I'm not seeing it. And even I, who have done it for a couple of years, can't find them all the time. Uh-huh. Because also sometimes they just get lost. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, but it was definitely, that was something fun that I think we'll probably be doing more of, you know. For sure. So then after that, um, we went to uh, the local mall where there's one of those uh, painting stores. Yeah. Where you can go and paint pictures or paint ceramics. Mm-hmm. And you had a detour where you can choose because I'm giving you the option. One of the main things that you want to do whenever you create a scavenger hunt is give them things to do that are either familiar or things that fit within their hobbies and likes. Uh-huh, that they're going to enjoy. Doing. You know, so first of all, right now, I'm keeping you in familiar territory. Mm-hmm. We've been to this mall before. Yeah. We may not have been to the store before, but we've been to this mall. Uh-huh. And I know that you like to paint. Mm-hmm. So most likely, you're going to want to do this one, yeah. right? The other option was then to go do miniature golf, which we've uh-huh. done plenty of times. That was like our second date miniature uh-huh. golf. Uh-huh, yeah. It's something that we're fine with. You uh-huh. Know? Um, so I gave you a detour. We had to choose one or the other. You chose paint. So mm-hmm. we were there and we, I'd already prepaid for us to paint two like figurines of cats to make uh-huh. it look like ours. And I even gave the, um, the owner pictures of our cats and I told her if she doesn't paint exactly like this, you tell her no, <laughs> yeah. but you did a good job. You know, mm-hmm. you did a very great job. Um, so yeah, so you did that. We went back to the car and you actually got a U-turn. Yeah. From our cats. Mm. Which was another example of you kind of controlling the game because you had already prepaid for one thing. So if I had chosen something else, you now are controlling it to where both of those things still have to happen. Right. But if the painting thing had gone too long, uh-huh. I would have found an excuse to run back out to the car and, and remove the detour. That. Yeah. So that way it doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. And you also hadn't prepaid for the golf at least. Right. So, you know, they had the clue. So but... like, I kind of gave you a choice, but at the same time, it wasn't your choice. Yeah. I, it was mm-hmm. a, a... It was a manipulation a little bit. I manipulated you, yeah. and I apologize <laughs> for it, but whatever. Yeah. It's part of... It's part of orchestrating something like this is you have to do that. Yeah, essentially you have you to know? funnel them a certain way but not have the leash so tight that they feel constrained. Yeah. Give them at least the illusion of choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, after that, um, I took you to a place that was a little bit of a gamble, a little mm-hmm. bit off the beaten path. But we had you go all the way up to San Bernardino. So I actually left the county for yeah, you. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we, we left the county twice actually. Yeah. Um, and we went to the site of the original McDonald's mm. restaurant, yeah. the very first one, which is now a museum, essentially dedicated towards the Happy Meal toys. Yeah, it's a memorabilia museum. Yeah, it's it's mostly the toys, but they do have things like the old boxes, um, the they old have four menus, menus, which yeah. was great. Mm-hmm. And so I had given the clue with a yellow and black envelope to the owner there, you know, the main guy who runs it, and he actually hit it. And I didn't know exactly where it was either. Yeah. But he actually hid it somewhere in the store. And I said, hide it somewhere. Uh-huh, yeah. You know. And it was just, um, we had a hard time finding that one because I didn't expect him. He actually put it in the display case with the, like, the memorabilia. Like kind of tucked behind stuff. So, but yeah. But like still poking out. Yeah, to where it would kind of blend in with the stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for it like 
sticking out of one of the cases or on top of, you know, like I was expecting it to be right. in a more visible place, not inside the cases. Which was pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty we good. We had to go through that whole museum like three times yeah. before we found it. And then I finally went over like, excuse me, sir, there's something in your China case that I'd like to see. Uh, yeah. And it was China case that, yeah, the case that deals with the country of China. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, from there, we then drove all the way out towards L.A. Mm-hmm. to go to a uh, little shop that is a game store slash uh, tea shop. Yeah, yeah, and it's also um, a place that you can play games at, too. Right. So it, they have a nice section in the back. And once again, this is me having flexibility with time. Yeah. Because not only do you want to control, like, if something's too difficult or something, uh-huh. they can bypass it. But like you said, you want to be able to flex your time. Yeah. You know, with, with this thing... We can play one game and move on. We can play 10 games and still yeah. keep going. Because you, once again, had kind of an ultimate thing, a, a time that we had to be somewhere. Right. And that was the only part of the the day I knew about ahead of time. Mm-hmm. It's because I knew we were doing an escape room. We discussed it a few weeks before. Yeah. And actually already booked it. So. Yeah, exactly. So you knew we were going to end there. So we go to this place called Geeky Teas and Games, uh-huh. which is in Burbank. Mm-hmm. And... You know, they're the only ones I hadn't previously contacted. Yeah, well, they weren't really... Because it was really... too far for me to go out and, like... Yeah, and they weren't... I wasn't really looking to find a clue there, per no. se. You just had to um, play and win three board games. Uh-huh. Any ones of your choice. Yeah. So, like, you could have been, like, potion explosion, please, you know. <laughs> but you had to play and win three board games mm-hmm. against me. Yeah, and it's a really fun shop. Like, if you are ever in that area, I definitely recommend. They have a, a good selection of games, considering how small they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have a really nice play area. They actually have um, a two-story player in the back because they yeah. actually have one, a second story that goes above the main like shop that you uh-huh. can play. In. Lots of good tables. Yeah, and lots of a, a nice selection. Um, they also run a cat rescue, and mm-hmm. there's kitties running around, so that's cute. <laughs> just, just they have the rule that if a cat doesn't seem like you want to pet it, then you know, leave it alone. Yeah, let let him be. Um, <laughs> and they smartly. Um, ask everyone to wash their hands before playing Thank games. you. Because that's a complaint I've made before about other places that sell food mm-hmm. and board games. Like, the people get them really gross. Yeah. They're like, please, like, let's keep this all nice and clean. Uh-huh. Wash your hands. You know? They also, they're kind of cool because they're, they have an open door policy. So, basically, when you pay, because it, it, they do charge like a slight fee to play there. It's like $5. Um, you can come and go as much as you want. Which right. isn't the case for all of those places. Um, one of our favorite game hosts once you you walk out the door you have to pay again if you come back in right. like which they do because they they are small and they get very crowded so they have to And I can to. understand that business model sure yeah. but this place they have plenty of enough room uh-huh. and also they're not serving food in buildings So they they recognize the idea that you might want to leave and go get food Right but Game House kind of gives you everything that you need for the entire day Yeah you know as long as you keep going to the counter and have more money Yeah um, but then after that, we went to the escape room, mm-hmm. which I had said pit stop, get to the escape room on time. Yeah. And if those of you who follow the Amazing Race know, pit stop means this is the end. Yeah. You are checking in, you are done, you can rest. Mm-hmm. No more stress on you. Yeah. Right? And so you're thinking, oh, that was great. And we're actually sitting in the lobby before the escape room, like, wasn't that fun? Yeah, I had a really good time. What was your favorite part? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. <laughs> and um, I actually arranged it with the owners of 60 Outs, uh, which we'll talk about in our escape room uh-huh. before today to pass along a clue to them mm-hmm. so that way they can hide it near the end of the room. Yeah. Now keep in mind, I didn't know how this room looked or, or what yeah, the layout what was, was but I was just told wherever you can put it in the very end. Yeah. I want this to be at the end, hide it somewhere there that she'll find mm-hmm. it, but like we're not going to get it too early. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, and, and and we'll we'll talk more about that escape room and some of the specifics relating to that um, in our escape room report. Yeah, but, but that was essentially the finale, um, which was also how you proposed. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I think we had a good time with those overall. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just can't wait to see what uh, kind of things we do when like later on for that like. Why you keep taking me to all these baby stores? Like, <laughs> yeah. Everything's pink and blue today. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, one of the things, obviously a lot of planning goes into this. Um, we obviously also, you know, because ours was specifically Amazing Race themed, we got all of the themed um, clue cards and the Which you can get online easy. You can yeah. download templates to write your own clues for free. And I think a bundle of 10 of the envelopes is like $15. Yeah. Um, But obviously, you know, you don't have to do amazing race theme to be your scavenger hunt. You can do anything. Um, But, you know, when you do have a big thing like this, um, it's, you know, it's, you do, it does take a lot of planning Mm -hmm. um, that goes into it. Um, You know, for me, I think when I was choosing kind of what things to do, I was really looking at, okay, what things are obviously accessible and easy um, right. what things are kind of fun and unique about our area and also things to kind of that you've never done before that would maybe slightly put you out of your comfort zone. Right. So, you know, like I, I, I specifically chose the indoor skydiving because one, I knew it was something you had never done, mm-hmm. probably something you never thought of doing if, if, if you even knew indoor skydiving was a thing. Um, and also I knew the, that reaction when you first drove up was going to be priceless because you would be scared. And it was. Yeah, yeah. I was. I was like, oh, God, what is this? Yeah, like? because you, you're you afraid of heights, and I know skydiving is not something that you ever really want to do. No. So I knew that, like, that surprise and, you know, like, that would be a price. That set a tone for the yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. Um, the horses, obviously, that was something unique and fun that I had access to. But also working with animals can be intimidating. Yeah, and it can be difficult. Because you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, and my horse is very well behaved, but if he knows you don't know what you're doing, he will take advantage of you. He'll just start wandering off. And yeah, like, No, no, exactly. no, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then also picking kind of monuments within our own town to kind of make it um, an amazing race encompassing what is unique and special about our town. So that's kind of how I picked my things. Right. And I mean, for those of you who want to make one yourself, Mm -hmm. I I think just follow the simple rules of find a way to be flexible with it. You know, design your challenges or locations to be enjoyable for those who are participating, you know, whether it's something familiar or whether it's something that they would most likely want have some interest in, uh-huh. you know, like I, even though we're not like McDonald's diehards. Yeah. I that's thought, what's like, kind of funny is we actually don't love McDonald's but like, very we much. All, we both have memories of eating there as kids yeah. and like eating the Happy Meals. Yeah. And, so, like, and we recognize a lot of the toys. And I realized and like, you know, oh, well, there's a lot of like stuff here. So like, surely you would be like, I remember getting this. Uh Yeah. Yeah. And even then it's something kind of weird and unique that we have in our area. Right. So it it highlights that kind of stuff. And And it's definitely off the beaten path. I didn't know it existed. Right. You know? And then like, like you said, yeah, definitely have your clues have some kind of physicality to them. They don't Uh all have to, but the more kinesthetic and the more hands-on and like moving they can be kind of the better. Yeah. Not just go here, go here, grab this, do this, you know? Even if it's something like walking around and writing down 
several names for statues that mm-hmm. are of historical figures around and then yeah. turning them in to be like, did I get all the names? Uh-huh. That's something that's still hands-on because they have to do something. Yeah, exactly. Not just go here, okay, here's your clue. Go here, uh-huh. here's your clue. You know? Yeah. And I mean, obviously, you have to take the person into consideration that you're creating it for. You know, if you're creating it for a kid, what you might do versus an adult would be very different. Right. Um, a kid would be like, you know, maybe throw water balloons at a target, you know, mm-hmm. an adult, like, are they going to enjoy that as much? Eh, yeah. Know. And also, you know, as adults, we have access to go further with some of these. True. Things. Yeah. Because also accessibility, you mm-hmm. want to make sure that it's something that can easily be reached yeah. by whoever's playing, you know? Yeah. So if it's a kid, like, okay, what's the range on foot? What's the range on maybe a bike, mm-hmm. you know? And then how well can I track them Yeah, and like help them throughout the thing? Versus an adult and like, okay, well, I'm just going to pile on the car. Yeah. Um, and then also thinking about, you know, really consider the clues that you're giving them. Um, you know, like when I did it for you, one of the things is I didn't let you use GPS. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't have really given you just an address. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have known. So I picked a lot of places that you either knew exactly where they were or whereabouts they were so that you could find them. That I had been them. to before. Yeah. yeah so like... You... Finding that ranch was actually kind of tough because, like, oh, God. <laughs> I, like, I knew the area, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, what's it called? Yeah. Oh, some, something about Batman. <laughs> what is it? Some, Wayne Ranch? What? It, like, you know. um, and, like, so, the, you know, I couldn't have done, like, the... Um, like the address like you did because it, that wouldn't have worked and right. stuff like that. And my, Whereas you, I took you to very, uh, a good few unfamiliar locations. So you, you allowed so, me to, but yeah. also you then were able to incorporate addresses and things like that into your puzzle. Right. And so what I did was I just told you, I'll help you with the clues as best mm-hmm. we can, but you are the one who's directing me. Yeah. I will drive. You have to navigate. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, like, I, I kept all the clues, and once you would finish a challenge, I would give you the next one. Okay. I, mostly just out of me being me, I was too afraid to go out reach out to these places and set it up ahead of time. You know, I'll make because, friends with anybody. Yeah, because, one, I'm not as um, outgoing as you are, and also I don't always trust that other people will follow through. You had to take a lot of trust in these people mm-hmm. that they would um, do what they said and be there. And I, I should say also, I had a backpack with me with a copy of every single clue. In case someone And numbered. So in case someone accidentally, like, yes. we lost it, or, like, it's in the safe of my manager's on lunch uh-huh. right now, or yeah. whatever, I could be like, okay, cool, I have it. Here. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a good planning. Tip number four, have a backup plan. Yeah, and definitely number, if you do something like this, number your clues because ours were shut into envelopes. Yeah. So, like, when for you, what I did is I actually had um, post-it notes on all of them. Oh, smart. Telling me what number. I just so put one, two, three, as four. I would pull them out, I would just slowly, you know, Clever without you girl. seeing me pull off Clever the girl. Note. Okay. I, I did Darn, what I didn't think of that. That would have been so much easier. <laughs> I also, so with you, I tried to kind of film everything you did yeah which was cool because we have kind of this fun little video um but it was definitely difficult mm-hmm. um i liked what we did is you and i were just taking f- pictures the whole time yeah. and kind of posting on facebook um i think that's kind of a more um it's it's a better you know it, it yeah you don't have the videos and stuff but it's an easier way to document it and it's more accessible and, and let's I think me stay in have, the moment with you yeah we were able to have more fun that way so right. i would i would suggest doing that and not trying to go too far into it and actually filming everything yeah that was a little hard and to do. i'm not one to do like filters or like text on the thing so like yeah. i'm not wasting time doing that yeah I'm, exactly you know. 
you know, scavenger hunts were a big thing a while ago. Mm-hmm. And I think they deserve a comeback. Yeah, and I mean, you can do them as big or small as you want. You know, yeah, they could just be, you know, a lot of times I know for kids parties and sleepovers, people used to do like neighborhood ones or right. things like that. Um, but, you know, they can be fun as adults and you can get more creative and more spread out with them. Right. And, you know, it just takes a little more coordination and planning. But, you know, we've we've done two now. <laughs> but look at it this way. The more effort you put into your scavenger mm-hmm. hunt, the more memorable that'll be for years and years to come. Uh-huh. And yeah. like, to tell you the truth, I spent maybe like on and off like a month mm-hmm. planning out where I'm going to go, how to get all the materials and all that. Yeah. And then slapping it together, you know? So like, and that's something like, okay, yes, granted, because it's part of a proposal for marriage. Yeah, you spent a little bit more on that piece. But like, <laughs> but the point is that like the actual activities that we did, uh-huh. The amount of time and effort I spent putting into like how like relatable they'd be to you mm-hmm. will last with you. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, I think when we're, you know, one of our, like I, we said earlier in the episode, one of our focuses right now is um, being more active and thinking about our health more and things like that. And this is a really good way to get out with your friends or your significant other or your family and be, be outside doing things and moving around right. and not just, you know, although... Of course, we love sitting around a table playing a board game, but this is a way to kind of take that same um, wanting to interact and play with one another and have a game and being able to take it out into your community. Exactly. And I think, you know, all the people that we encountered while we were doing this were all kind of tickled by the idea as well. Like, yeah. Well, they, they knew what was, was out there. Yeah, but I know. But I mean, I think they thought it was kind of funny too. Yeah. Like, I, I, and, you know, people willing to be part of something bigger like that. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing that all those people were willing to mm-hmm. hold on to that for you and, you know, things like that. So, so yeah, I, I think definitely recommend it to anybody who wants to give this a try. If you have any specific questions about ideas for how do I get this to work, I'm happy to mm-hmm. give Yeah, yeah. Or if you want to know where we found certain things, um, just let us know. Reach out to us on social media and we're happy to help. At Game Friday on all social media networks. There you go. Okay, so let's move on now to our dice roll segment. Okay, so for this dice roll segment, um, because, you know, doing things like uh, proposing can be an intimidating uh, (laughs) proposition. uh, So we thought we'd also talk about games that seemed intimidating first, but honestly, we really quite enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the reasons maybe sometimes some games seem intimidating is maybe they seem like... They have a lot of pieces or a lot of moving parts. And so immediately you're thinking, oh my goodness, this is going to be way too much to remember. Um, But then you find out that they're not so bad. Um, So for me, one of the ones that I thought at first seemed really intimidating when I saw it was um, the game Wingspan, which I think is everybody's hot game right now. Right. Just it looked like it had a lot of moving parts, a lot of pieces, a lot of rules. It's got a million different tokens, it looked like. Yeah. It's got eggs for some reason. All the birds are different. Right. so that definitely felt very um, intimidating to me. But then once we got playing it, I found that, you know, it really wasn't that complicated at all. Um, and it's actually not really that hard of a game to teach even. Yeah. Um, people can pick it up pretty quickly. What's great about it and what I think really helps it is that it's compartmentalized. Yeah. It's essentially in three different areas. Mm-hmm. And then each area works generally the same as the, each other. There's only one difference to each one. And then each bird, and then it also has what I think is a great trend of trying to be more 
um, universal uh, non-linguistical like symbols. Uh-huh. Like, it'll just have pictures of the nest. And you can understand, like, okay, well, that goes here, mm-hmm. you know? Or, like, you know, just, like, images of, like, the food that you need yeah. to recruit this bird. You know, they're not saying, you need one worm. It's just a picture of a worm. Uh-huh. Which I think it... Many people would probably say I'm a visual person. Mm-hmm. I fall under that category as well. I like to see things rather than yeah. read them or hear them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it definitely helps having just all the imagery to mm-hmm. help you quickly connect that to okay, so this bird can go to quickly connect that to be like okay, this bird can go here because the picture of the nest says it can go there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one that I found intimidating first, and I was really hesitant to even touch it, even though it's really on theme for me, mm-hmm. is Dinosaur Island. Yeah, no, I for sure, when our friend, he our friend has it, and when he started unpacking it, I was just looking at him like, there's no way. I started laughing. I was like, no, <laughs> this is going to be like 45 minutes teaching guarantee. Yeah. And it, it wasn't. It was No, yeah, and it's kind of the same way. It's very compartmentalized. There's sort of these phases that everyone, you know, like mm-hmm. there's a phase one that you do and then you go move to phase two. Um, and so it really, it looks like a lot, but it really isn't. Right. Essentially, you're, yeah, you're just focus on phase one where mm-hmm. you're just, what do I want to grab for my yeah. materials? Focus on phase two. What upgrades do I want? Focus on phase three. How am I implementing my resources that I yeah. don't have? You know, and that's really all it is. Mm-hmm. And when you break it down like that into essentially it's three mini games right back and back to each other, it's a lot easier to get your mind around rather than, oh my goodness, look at all of this in front of me. Uh-huh. How do I manage this? Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I think about it, the game too, is, and it, for Wingspan too, you, you're not really, although you can play this way, you're not really trying to necessarily screw the other person over. No. You're more playing your own game. Right. You're trying, I'm trying to achieve these goals this is what I'm going for. This is how. This is my strategy. It's not necessarily about, oh, I'm going to take this food item because someone else needs it. Or yeah. I'm going to take this thing it's, because I, I know they want it, it. Yeah. I mean, you could play both of these games that way, but that's not their inherent way of being mm-hmm. played. And so that also makes it a little bit easier because you're not so much focused on what everyone else is doing. You're focusing more on what you're doing. Right. Um, the other one is actually a recent um, a recent game that we've purchased. It's one we had seen at um, Dice Tower West last year. Um, and that is Rival Restaurants. Yes, that's such a great game. It is. It's a lot of fun. Um, and that game too, it seems like it has a lot of pieces with all the different ingredients that are set out and spread around and stuff. Um, all the different recipes. Um, but once again, it really, it's not, it seems like a lot, but we, once again, you have phases mm-hmm. that you're kind of playing things in a certain order. Um, once again, you're kind of more worried about what you're doing and not so much what the other person's doing. Well, the way we've played it so far, uh-huh. I like to try to ramp up to things a little bit, mm-hmm. especially if a game seems a bit more intimidating. So for this one, they do have individual chefs that each have their own unique abilities. Mm-hmm. So thus far, we've only played it twice without the chef's abilities. Yeah. Because to me, the chef's abilities are where the cutthroat part happens. Because True. the chef's abilities can be like, you have to pay me money. Mm-hmm. Or you're not allowed to go here because I'm here. Yeah. Or things like that. Things that are kind of more like, take that almost. Uh-huh. You know? I don't know. Like just when we were playing it the first two times, I didn't feel like playing a cutthroat like you know game game i just wanted to be like 
I want to do the best I can, uh-huh. and you're going to do the best you can. And, like, there is a thing that they have of if we're both trying to go for the same ingredient there, then you have a bidding war. Uh-huh. But I'm fine with that rare conflict. Yeah. Rather than just constantly, like, out to yeah. stop each other. But it's fun because you can kind of play it in different ways. You can mm-hmm. play it like that if you want, or you don't, which helps keep the game kind of that you don't get as tired of it as fast. Right. Um, although there is a, a fun expansion coming out that adds a, a German restaurant Ooh, and a Greek restaurant. Nice. And so that might be fun. Um, but yeah, like it's a, just another example though of a game that it seems like it has a lot of rules. It seems like it has a lot of things you have to keep keep track of, but you really don't. And I mean, it, it is as simple as you are buying ingredients that you have on this recipe card so you can make the recipe. Do you know what I think makes the difference for that one? Because uh-huh. when I look at uh, rival restaurants, I'm seeing... A million cards on the table. Yeah. Right? But the difference is that Rival Restaurants does a really great way of, with their board, organizing it so everything's in its place. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Every little shop, like the fruit shop, the meat shop, the dairy shop, right? They all have the little areas that are Mm color-coordinated and visually identifiable as this is the dairy. Yeah. This is the meat over here. And they all have their own little, like, spots on the table that are designated here. A card goes here. Mm -hmm. Another card goes here. Even for what's in front of you with your restaurant and your two recipes you're working on, they all kind of line up perfectly so that way they can be right there in front of you and it's condensed. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're not like just throwing cards wherever, I think I think this is a psychological thing to be said about cleanliness and orderliness uh-huh. making things seem smaller yeah, than they are, yeah. right? Like think about it. If you have like a dirty room with like mm-hmm. clothes anywhere... It can seem like, oh my God, you have a ton of clothes. Like, what is this? But if you actually wash them and fold them... You find out it's much smaller than what you thought. Yeah, it's a much smaller pile than you thought. Yeah. So I think that kind of is going on here, where Mm -hmm. because it does such a great job of, like, keeping everything in its own little zone, Mm -hmm. right? Like, this corner of the board, that's just for vegetables. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know, and then you have your little list in front of you and it does a great job of also color coordinating, mm-hmm. you know? So like, okay, dark green is vegetables. I need to look for dark green things. Mm-hmm. I think that really helps. Yeah, for sure. Um, and once again, just not, not a game that you have to be intimidated by if you, if you come across it. Right. Now the last one uh, we're going to talk about is one I've played, but you have not, No. but we've def- both heard of it. It's called the quacks of Queldenburg. Mm-hmm. Now this is your first time seeing this. So I yeah. have a picture of all the components from the game laid out. So just <sighs> what is your initial? All I see is like lots and lots of tokens, right? Like so many tokens and lots of cards. Um, like it almost looks like every player has probably like a good zillion different like player cards that they have to keep right. track of. So on initial look, this is like, oh my God, what is all this? Yeah. Right? But I got a chance to play this recently with two of our friends mm-hmm. who they have a copy. And this is actually, once again, it's an example of a game where it's not that bad because whenever you see all these piles of tokens, you have to realize not all of this is just yours, mm-hmm. right? These are going to be put into small little containers of piles that you can then take one from uh-huh. as you go along, right? So essentially this game is you're kind of mixing a potion and you're pulling ingredients from your bag blindly, but you don't want to pull the white ones. Uh-huh. But the thing is, if you pull the thing, you have to put it on, the, on your little cauldron board and you're uh-huh. trying to see as far as you can go. You're kind of like stirring the pot. But the different ingredients that you do pull out give you different abilities. Like, oh, the green one says you'll get a ruby. The blue mm-hmm. one says you can skip some spaces, things like that. So it's kind of like a deck builder where you can decide what you're going to put into your bag for how you're going to play. Do you uh-huh. want to pull, keep putting ones where like 
you can pull your next one and decide if you want to keep it or not. Do you want to do one where you just like race around the board as fast as you can? Do you want to do one where you can generate more money? Mm-hmm. How do you want to play this so that way you can get to the end mm-hmm. and like get more points? But yeah, looking at it, it looks like a lot, but it actually is only really half of what you're seeing with this picture because things come out slowly. You don't start with all of it. You start with only about five of the eight ingredients mm-hmm. for the colors. And then as the game progresses, you naturally incorporate one or two or three. Uh-huh. And then a lot of the cards are just in the deck that you only pull one card at a time. You know, So we've said in a previous episode of like, you know, kind of judging a box by its cover. Yeah. You know, like look at the back of the box if it looks like it's way too much, it probably is. Yeah. I've been on saying that before. And I think I have to amend that statement. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, there are definitely games that I've seen where I'm just like, this is far too many pieces. There's no way I want to play this. It's going to take up far too much room. But then we have played games like Dinosaur Island and some of these others. And yeah, they do have a lot of pieces. And yeah, they do take up a lot of room. But that doesn't mean that they're overly complicated. Yeah. So really, I, I think the thing we're saying is... um. If a game seems intimidating, mm-hmm. dig a little deeper. If it's a yeah. theme that you really are interested in or mm-hmm. would seem like fun or you've heard a couple of recommendations, yeah. go watch an actual how to play video and like yeah. see or watch a video of people like literally playing it. Because how to play videos and people playing the game are kind of different. Kind of different, yeah. Because the how to play videos, he'll show you each component and what it does individually with yeah. the camera. Yeah, and that too that. can seem like a lot sometimes. But if you get a thing of like a bunch of people playing like yeah. the game itself, you'd be like, oh, she doesn't have that much in front of her. And like, she seems to begin this really easily. So. Yeah, yeah. And I think nowadays that's the thing. You can be such an informed buyer nowadays because mm-hmm. of things like YouTube and because of the popularity of board games, these resources are available to you. There's videos of people playing almost every game. There's reviews of almost every game. Right. Um, so there's you can definitely do your research and decide if a game is right for you or not. Mm-hmm. So that, that's our recommendations mm-hmm. for games that seem intimidating, but actually they're really fun and pretty easy to learn. Yeah. So on to our escape room report. Where we'll tell you all the dirty details for our proposal. <laughs> So for this month, we have an extra special uh, escape room report on a couple fronts. Mm -hmm. First of all, we um, last year, um, to kick off New Year's, we had decided to go do an escape room on New Year's Day. Right. And then, so we decided to do that again this year as a way to kind of start out our year right. New tradition, really. Yeah. Yeah, But you had some extra kind of surprises up your sleeve for this room. I did. (laughs) Yeah. This was actually part of a long con that I had. Yeah. uh, That ended up with the uh, proposal. Yes. So we we got engaged in an escape room, Mm -hmm. which is fitting. Right. Um, And I, of course, knew we were going to an escape room. I didn't know about the rest of the day. Yeah. But um, we decided to do um, go to 60 Out, which is, of course, a popular um, chain, sort of, so to speak. I think it's fair to say chain, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one company, but they have multiple locations, but they have different rooms at all their locations. So they're not quite a normal chain, so to speak. Yeah, you're not going to get any repeats between the locations. Yeah, think. it's not like a Fox in the Box or some of your other chains where you, you know, they have the same rooms over and over again. It's just they had no one place they could fit all of these great rooms. Yeah, exactly. And also they they have bought up some other escape rooms in the past too. 
Um, so we went back to their um, Silver Lake location where we previously did Hyde Circus, mm-hmm. which we reviewed on this podcast, and um, Cartel. And we did one of their latest rooms at this location called Houdini. Now, I think there's still all... Is there some other room at this location? It was like a scary one, right? Yes. They have Amityville, and they told us when we were there that they are working on one more. Right. So we we do have to go back and do Amityville at some point. Probably. But yeah. pretty much, like, this has been our number one 60-out location. We've been yeah. to a few of the other ones, but this is the one where most of the rooms have caught our interest for one uh-huh. reason or another. Yeah. And we... I would still say Hyde Circus is probably one of my favorite 60-out rooms that we've done so far. Hyde Circus is... Probably my favorite room. Yeah, out it's, of it's all high up of there. the ones that we've done completely, mm-hmm. that one was phenomenal. Yeah, like for many reasons, and we talked about it in our previous review. So go back and listen to that episode. <laughs> uh, but yeah, sixty out knows what the heck they're doing. They do, and and you definitely see like. Um, you know, Hyde Circus was one of their newer rooms. Houdini is one of their newer rooms. Um, you and if you go back and kind of do some of their older rooms, it's not that they're not great, but you definitely see like. The latest and greatest are the, the better. Yeah, you rooms. can see where they've upped their game. Yeah, you can see the progression. Right, like we we've gone and done um, uh, the Nautilus room with uh-huh. them as well, which I believe was one of their earlier games. It's still a fun game, but you can tell that's a the high circus is a completely different generation yeah. than Nautilus. Yeah. It's still great fun, don't get me wrong, uh-huh. but height circus will blow your mind. Yeah, and I mean, these rooms can maybe be built only like a year or so apart and mm-hmm. still be vastly, you know, upping the game. Yeah, it, it's amazing it's, how quickly it's it changes. It's moving fast, yeah. So when we say it's an older room, like we're not really meaning that it's old. We're just meaning that as they build more at each time they are exceeding themselves well the same thing happens with other industries like automotives yeah like you know as soon as like you could have a built-in gps into your dashboard you know Mm -hmm. like console thing people were like oh that changes the game because now you don't need to this little like tripod suction cup thing on your yeah on your dashboard that then like you know holds your little gps like uh-huh. unit that you have to plug into the cigarette lighter you know it's that you so have much to easier pay an extra right like, but now it's all built for... in there. yeah exactly so it's like that like the second that one bit of technology or new trick they can do comes out everybody then wants to start doing that because uh-huh. it's such a good idea and yeah. like why didn't we think of this before mm-hmm. so as always with our 60 out 60 out they do not pair you with strangers so you are booking out the entire room essentially right. so they have kind of a sliding scale depending on how many people you're booking it for mm-hmm. um this room goes from two to five players and it's labeled as a medium difficulty which i'd say yeah that's accurate it- yeah i mean it, it was maybe a little bit more difficult because there were just the two of us we probably could have used like another set of eyes or hands right a couple times um but this room is they how do i want to say this it's not a scary room per se no but they do utilize the um, walking you in with um, blackout masks right. on your face. But the only reason they do that is because they want the big reveal. Mm-hmm. Almost as if when you see like a performance on a stage or a circus, it's all black. And then they suddenly turn on the spotlight and someone's standing there. Uh-huh. You know, kind of thing. It's like that. Except they do want you to start off in restraints because it's Houdini. So, of course, you're going to be breaking out of restraints. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, Houdini wasn't necessarily a magician in the way we think of, like, magicians. He was an escape artist, right. essentially. Um, which is very fitting for the escape room theme. Which is why you were like, let's do that one. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and I had heard really good things about this room, and I had also heard that it was one that was better with a smaller group of people. So that I would say so, because yeah. we knew it was just going to be the two of us. I was like, well, let's do this one and save some of the others for when we have our group. Um, right. And of course, I guess we can say right now um, we are very fortunate that we have actually won something with sixty out, which is why we were able to do this room. Yeah. Um, Greg actually won um, free rooms for the year. Right. Um, so thank you to 60 Out for that. That's not going to color our opinion at all. It's just, you know, that was another reason why we were like, well, we'll do this one and wait so that our friends can do some of the other ones where more people is more encouraged. Right. And I mean, we were going to do the 60 Outs anyways. We yeah, love we their, love their rooms. It's just now we can do them without having to worry about costs. Because they are a little bit more expensive. But I will say, you know, every once in a while we do rooms where they are more expensive, but usually they're worth it. I'm not going to say they're always worth it, but it's kind of like um, if you go back to our doggy dog episode, that's the most we've ever paid for an escape room. Oh, God, yeah, but that was expensive. That room was amazing, so... But you, you know where your money's going. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, also, you know, recently we did um, the basement. We did their final room at the basement. Um, which we'll talk about in an upcoming episode, I'm sure. But like their rooms are a little bit more expensive, but you're paying for the basement quality. Right. Um, but I think the thing that struck me first about Houdini was um, that I would say as many times as we've been blindfolded and led into rooms, mm-hmm. this was the most interesting situation I found myself in when yeah. that blindfold was taken off. Mine not so much when I when the blindfold was slid off. Spoiler alert for the rest of the room, by mm-hmm. the way, because. It's hard to talk about different puzzles in here without giving some things away. Yeah, or not. but we're, we're gonna do our best. Yeah. But when I started, I was essentially in a cage strapped to a chair. Yeah. And you were sitting in this like chair that was like suspended by chains mm-hmm. from the ceiling. So yes. you were not even touching the ground. Yes. And I will say this is the first time I've ever been in a room where I had to um, be suspended in air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, not to give it anything away, but let's just say at some point, the person who is in the chair gets suspended. And I was doing the, okay. And like, um, high off the ground, like, too. Like, is, I could have walked under you. Yeah, I was like, is this, um, is, was this tested for someone of my weight? Like, <laughs> well, you, at one point, like, you know, when you, when you come across rooms that have you do extreme things, uh-huh. you often, like, is this right? Like, you look at the yeah. camera like, should I be this high? You will stop me, right, if I'm like, doing something wrong. If I'm about to break something or if I'm really not supposed to be going down this high and up into this, you'll tell me, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the rest of it really follows sort of Houdini's tricks, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, different things that he did um, throughout, you know, his career. Um, also in true 60 out fashion, there's a lot of use of soundtracks and, um, like things that you have to listen to in order to like understand what to do. And like oftentimes Houdini's talking to you Uh from like just kind of the ether Mm -hmm. because he's no like direct one place. He's just his voices around and he's either like encouraging you or taunting you or, giving you like kind of guidance towards what the next major thing is. Uh-huh. There was one thing in this room too that um, was, it was something they kind of do in Hyde Circus. This mm-hmm. one, it was utilized a little bit better um, where it's essentially you're getting into like the box where you would be like cut in half or something. Right. And this one um, you got in and I had to put swords into like, like I was going to stab Those were really you. hard to dodge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but this one, like it actually, like there was more to it than just getting in there and not 
You know what I mean? Like the other one, someone had to get into it, but oh, then oh, I couldn't that's really... that's right. I remember what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, the Hyde Circus one. Yeah, there's the part where like you have to lay down in like the kind of Saw Woman in Half box. Yeah. But like the person who's laying down as the woman for the yeah. Saw Woman in Half or the assistant, like has to just essentially have the weight be pressing down like a button yeah. inside in order for like the main magician or other player to like be able to see something and then do something. Yeah, so you're essentially you're just laying there. You're not actively participating. And we even gave recommendations for like it should have it be so like the person laying down is the one who can see what to do and then they can verbally communicate. Yeah. It's it's the triangle, then the circle, then the square uh, kind of yeah. thing. You know? And so this one it was sort of the same kind of idea, but that did lead to us being separated and you, we having to both work together and communicate right. things. Because at, at one point, we were separated and like you can see me kind of like as if you were looking at like a TV monitor. Uh-huh. And like you you can see me and I know that you can see me. Yeah. Because I can also see you. Yeah. Like, a t- like it's like a two-way TV monitor kind of, you mm-hmm. know. And like I have to somehow instruct you for like these abstract symbols yeah. that like there's no way that I have the words to describe these things uh-huh, you know yeah. it's like how do you describe like ancient like hieroglyphs mm-hmm. like you know that are from like the Mesoamerican culture like yeah. you can't you know mm-hmm. like it looks like a cat I don't know like you know <laughs> yeah and um I would the the hard part about that puzzle in particular is you had to communicate to things to me mm-hmm. like tell me what symbols were and I could barely, barely hear you because the soundtrack of the room is playing so loudly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a barrier between us as well. Yeah. Um, but then to make it more complicated, I had to go in then another room to find the symbol. Right. So then, like, it wasn't until a couple tries that I realized that there was a timer going on because it just happened. I was trying to find it, trying to find it, and barely just, like, through all the sound, I kind of can hear this muffled noise. And I'm like, I think he's calling me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and I'm so like, I run I'm back. I'm screaming my head off yeah. because, like, I know she can barely hear me. So I'm hoping that, yeah. like, come on back. I think we need to reset, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. Because I-, I didn't have much to look at other yeah. than essentially this, like, all the symbols on the wall. And then, like, one little, like, indicator will, like, light up to say, like, it's this one. Uh-huh. And I'm like okay, how do I communicate that? Yeah, yeah. That that puzzle in particular was very hard. And, and also, really keep in mind, I have that. no idea what she's doing. I just see through the monitor that she's running off to some other room. I have no idea how you have to use that information. Yeah. I don't know if, like, you have a whole, like, grid of them in front of you. Mm. If you're, like, having to, like, you know, poke swords into a thing or, like, touch a thing. Yeah. Or if you have to build this with Lego blocks. I don't know. Like, yeah. I just know that you're coming back and you're, like, I, I, I'm frustrated. I don't know. Like, you know. Yeah, it was very frustrating. And I was getting really frustrated. The main thing was... The hard, being not being able to hear him and not really being able to understand that mm-hmm. was hard. I do. I don't know if it's the same for everybody. If everyone would have such a hard time, but I do have a hard time when there's lots of different noises going on. Right. I sometimes have a hard time differentiating. You know. So all I could hear was the music. You know. And I was having a very hard time focusing in on your but voice. But even still, even if you could hear me clear as a bell, uh huh. To verbally describe what I was seeing was difficult. Was yeah. difficult. So honestly, we had to. Um, boil it down to almost like hand charades. Yeah, that, like, that was I was better. essentially trying to like draw in the air. Yeah. Like it looks like, like uh-huh. imagine trying to describe like a silhouette of like Mickey Mouse, like the three mm-hmm. circles without being able to say the word circle. Yeah. You know, so you just, uh, it's, yeah. like, it's like, so like I'm cupping my hands, like it's a big circle, yeah. little circle, little circle. Yeah, mm-hmm. which was better than when you would try to draw it because when you would try to draw it, you would be like, 
Yeah, I'd and like, I'd be like, move I, my finger yeah, frantically. You would like, move I it don't. so frantically. I'd be like, I can't track that deer. Like, I yeah. don't, you know. So, yeah, I was getting very frustrated. I think I kind of yelled at the game master at one point because I was just like, you're going to have to help us. And then he's trying to talk to me, too. And I'm like, the music is so loud. You don't understand. I cannot hear you. Like, yeah. you need to either turn that down or turn yourself up or something because I just could not hear him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was more things that I had to do before I could get you out, which was getting really frustrating, too. Like, it was hard to have to do so much of the room with you not able to be there to help me. And keep in um, mind, I have already arranged it with the game master to hide the last clue for our little scavenger hunt that's the proposal clue mm-hmm. in the last room of this game yeah and i i, I know that they're not going to like have us time out and not get there uh-huh. like in my head i'm doing that kind of like you know logic of like they're not going to just say like sorry you didn't make it oh do you want me to get that envelope for you like uh-huh. they're not going to do that if we go two hours into this they're going to still like help us get yeah there, or know? he's going to nudge us between right before that happens but, but i'm thinking to myself man like we're moment we're, we gotta be like 10 minutes away from this we've had a perfect day so far and then like you're getting like into like a frustrated kind of like uh-huh. upset mood you know and like justifiably so it was a frustrating yeah puzzle. so i'm like this is great timing you know <laughs> well and that's the, the, that's the part of the room where i say like if we had had another person who could kind of be going back and forth between right. the someone two of who us. could be the mediator yeah because we had to be on separate rooms and stuff and i was having to run back to you and be like well, no i don't understand because you essentially or... had to go to another room and go to like a station and like interact with a different puzzle there yeah utilizing the things i was telling uh-huh. you so it's kind of hard to like run over to you know like 20 feet to the left try to interpret what i'm trying to tell you run back 20 feet to the right yeah. interact with this like thing uh-huh that's like i i don't where and then you gotta like you know moving around like it's not all just like laid out yeah so you. it was hard to like sometimes i was like i totally understand what he's telling me but i can't find it so i'm like frantically like moving the thing around trying to find the symbol that he was telling me you and, know yeah so it's, it was yeah it was pretty that was it was a frustrating puzzle i mean it's not a bad puzzle by any means it was just really um it's tough with two it's tough with two and it really like that one threw me for a loop i don't know that if it would have been better had our roles been reversed or not i don't know i i don't yeah Yeah. that would have been tough i i definitely think that having at least two people on the outside because Uh the way i got to where i was it's really a one person like job yeah and also like where i was it was a smaller room so like two people really couldn't fit in there. No, no, so, no, like, for sure not. It's meant for it's one person. It's always going to be one person there, yeah. but and it's kind of hard to like tell like when that one person is going to be forced down that road uh-huh. because also I was stuck in there and I could not get out until you unlocked the door mm-hmm. and you had to do this whole thing in order to unlock the door. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> but I yeah I think in this case as much as we normally like to say like you know oh. It's kind of better when you have smaller groups because that way, you know, everyone can enjoy more. And this uh-huh. one, you kind of need another brain or two just yeah, to like really yeah. help you interpret. I would agree that just the size of the room, I think, is one where like it it's not bad for a smaller group. Mm-hmm. So like, but I do think that maybe um, three might be a little bit better for this room. Yeah. Um, it's definitely doable for two. So we did end up 
you know, getting over this puzzle, um, I did have to ask for a hint from them just mm-hmm. because I was having such a hard time. Um, but there's no shame in that. Yeah. We've asked um, for hints plenty of times. It's no yeah, shame. exactly. And then um, the only other kind of problem we had with this room is something that I have heard as being one of the negatives of 60 Out, although we had never experienced it before, is um, their rooms are very highly technical and they're run through a whole click com- computer automated system. And if that should fail somehow, that can cause a problem. The thing that we needed to do next, it just, it wasn't happening. And right. we, we were trying to tell the guy like, no, we, we totally understand what we're supposed to do. We totally understand what you're telling us, but it's not working. Right. Like we're pushing and it's not like, we don't want to break this. Yeah, and that's the... It, I don't think it's a major spoiler to say we did a puzzle sequence uh-huh. that then is supposed to unlock a door. Yeah. That we know is a door. And it's and a door that you have to like, push open yeah there's no handle it's a push door yeah and we're like i'm pushing nothing's happening the game master says over the you just have to push hard and i'm trying to communicate i don't think you understand i'm kind of a strong guy and i'm pushing kind of hard and like there's no way that this is meant to be this much force yeah like Like, he he could push it open but he would have broken it i will break this if i try yeah yeah um so he had to come in and reset the room which was kind of funny in a way because He's like doing it, and you can hear the different yeah. throughout the room. You he can has hear this the little different. iPad in front of him, and he's like <laughs> clicking everything, and then you can hear all the little like Sound audio things, prompts go yeah. off, and like Houdini's like having a seizure, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we finally get into like the final area, um, and I see the the clue that you've left this time right. right away, and so I pick it up, and I'm kind of like, oh, should I should I read this now, or you know, whatever? But we're listening first. We're listening. Um, because Houdini's talking to us, right. so we could we can't really talk. Houdini to Houdini can't another. shut up for two minutes. I know so. he's he's giving this long thing, and like so, I'm kind of like, okay, well, we have to wait because we can barely talk to each other right now, and we need right. to know what he's saying. So I'm waiting through that. So it's kind of funny because we do have a video from the proposal, right? And it starts during that point, and we're just standing there. So it's like just a couple minutes of us just standing well, I'm there. Edit that down. <laughs> but it's just funny because we're listening. But if you if you just watch, you can't hear what Houdini's saying. So it looks like we're just standing there for well, like. <laughs> also, like I asked them ahead of time, can you film this? You uh-huh. know? And they they told me we don't have any way to record the actual footage yeah. of what's going on the security cameras but essentially our, our great um dun- uh, dungeon master our <laughs> great game master i think his name was jd or dj it was initials like that mm-hmm. uh, i'm pretty sure it's jd he, he was really great by the way even when he was coming out to like reset the room uh-huh. you know he, he was like apologetic like sorry like this is rare but mm-hmm. and we were like that's cool but um he essentially like held his phone up to the screen <laughs> like for the security camera uh-huh. screen it was like filming just that so like it's pretty much the noise it's just the ambient noise in the security room yeah <laughs> it's just funny because like anyone who's looking at it is like why are they just standing there but it's right. like because we were listening um so then of course i read your clue and you know you propose and i accepted and then was like okay now we gotta finish this room honey <laughs> yeah no, no, gotta get out of this room because it was like one like we i didn't want to ruin the moment but also like i was not gonna let us fail our first escape room of the year you know <laughs> i was just like no we are well, not like i said i think they room. would have given us like okay whatever you yeah know? We'll plus also we minute. like lost some time because of technical difficulties yeah. so like they'd also probably be like a oh, fudge uh-huh, like yeah. fudge the time a little yeah, bit yeah we've know, had whatever. rooms do that before but once again also in the last room uh there is a puzzle that you have to do 
that you essentially have to partially like disassemble a thing. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't think that feels right. I like, know. We were both like, I was like, I don't know if you can do it, but I can't get this out. <laughs> and then like the game master kind of tells us like, no, you, you should look for a way to like disassemble. I'm like, well, okay. I thought of that, but I didn't want to break the yeah, thing. Like, it, yeah. That's the only problem I think. And I've heard um, owners and people who design escape rooms say that it's sort of the curse of the enthusiast. Yeah. Where a normal person would would just be who you know doesn't do a lot of rooms would just be like, oh, I'll take this apart. Right. But to us, we're so trained that we don't want to break anything and we don't want to mess anything up because we know what a pain that is for these rooms right. that we're a little bit extra careful, almost to a detriment. Well, see, and then also the thing is. At the very beginning of the room, when I was in my cage, uh, I did find like a screw that I can start to undo, and I was uh-huh. like, "Oh, maybe this is a thing." And they're like, right "No, no, here. no!" Don't and do he's that. like, "No, please don't disassemble that because like it actually was important for part of a puzzle later, uh-huh. and I would have like kind of ruined that." Yeah. So I'm like, "Okay, cool. So don't disassemble stuff in this room, <laughs> except for the last thing, which you can disassemble." You know? Yeah, yeah. Or um, it was kind of funny because like. When I got out, or well, when I when I got partially out from my being hoisted up in the air mm-hmm. and stuff, and you were like, "Well, you you could have just gotten this off," and I'm like, "No, I think it's purposely that I'm not supposed to be able to get the safety thing off because it would yeah. have been dangerous." Like so, well, because at the beginning you were like strapped into this chair and like yeah you could not have gotten that off yourself because yeah. you were like fully like harnessed into like mm-hmm. this well-built chair that yeah. like lifts you up, and I was in this cage, and for like five to ten minutes, I must have been. We're essentially looking at each other like, well, I can't get out. Well, I can't get out. Yeah. So, like, what can you do? I can't. I can stand. Yeah. That's about all I can do in this cage. And then, of course, there are clues around the room that mm-hmm. tell you how one of you can get out. Yeah. But it's it's in such an unintuitive way that even with the clue, you're like, I don't, I don't understand what yeah. you want from me here. You know. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't know if it's super unintuitive. It's just. It goes against your normal logic. Well, it goes against and your so, instinct to ins- not like yeah. walk into a wall yeah. or to like bang your head against the door. But that's the whole point is that it's it's a trick. It's right. a, an illusionist trick. So it does. It goes against kind of what you would normally do in that situation. So it's not, you know, like I said, it's not necessarily that it's an, an intuitive or a bad puzzle. It's just you have to change your way of thinking. You really bit. have to fight your instincts. You, you yeah. have to kind of think more 3D and less... 2D, right. you know? Right. <laughs> um, I will also say, mm-hmm. and they have this disclaimer on their website, this game is very physically yes. active. You have to make sure you have at least one person who is good at climbing, crawling, tumbling, uh-huh. yeah. you know, because there's there are at least two different moments where you have to really be able to get on your hands and knees and uh-huh. go through, like, small little tunnels. Yeah, and definitely um, at least you have to have someone who's um, not claustrophobic at all. Right. Um, and just, yeah, there's also, um, this definitely is not a room that um, if you have any kind of, like, wheelchair act needs or anything like that, this room wouldn't be good for or you. Or even if you have, um, like, a cast on your foot and, like, need crutches yeah. for right now, even temporary. Like, this room will mess you yeah, up. Yeah, because even there's this one part where you have to kind of go up this, like, ramp thing. And even that, I was having to be really careful mm-hmm. on because, like, I thought I was might fall and stuff, so... Well, even to get up to the very last room to get out, you have to go up a pretty set, steep set of stairs. Yeah, so, so it's, it's definitely, you know, you have to kind of do a lot more physical activity in this room, Yeah, so say. just really make sure that everyone's relatively able-bodied. You yeah. Know? Because, as you've said before, unfortunately, escape rooms aren't all necessarily like 
compliant towards people of different physical Yeah, some of them are, but not all of them. And I mean, I'm not wanting to knock the industry for that, but it's just, it would be nice if, you know, if there was a special, maybe there is, but if there's a special website that uh-huh. like is a list of all the rooms that are handicapable yeah. or handy accessible. Yeah, that would be nice. I don't know if there is one, um, but I do, you know, it is very like, this room clearly states on the website that this it requires like, yeah, this no, physical activity. I mean, I'm looking at the site right now. When you click on the room, you know, or the link to go look at that room uh-huh. and like check it out, like, oh, what is the Houdini room? You hit page down once. Big disclaimer in yellow right there next to the time, number of players, difficulty, all mm-hmm. that stuff. So they're upfront about it. Yeah. And I mean, if you have any questions, mm-hmm. you can surely like call them and say, well, you know, I have yeah. a bad knee. Will uh-huh. that affect me or not? You know, yeah. so... They'll be honest with yeah. you, I'm sure. Yeah, and it was kind of funny because the only reason I, I could tell, like, we could both tell that we were going to get separated at one point. Um, yeah, we're and, like, this is happening right here, yeah. Yeah, and um, normally, like, I don't have any kind of claustrophobia e- either. I do, I'm not the best crawler because I do have a bad knee um, that kind of hurts to kneel on. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's fine, but when I kneel on it particularly, it does kind of hurt. Um, but it just happened, like, the way that I knew you were going to be separated from me I was like, you know, my back's not feeling great at the moment. Right. That might not be the best idea for me. So I made why, you do why it. Why don't you go ahead and sacrifice your body and get in there? So I'm like, okay, hold my glasses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the other thing. So Greg makes me hold his glasses while he does that. So I'm trying to do all of these puzzles and everything while I'm also holding this extra pair of glasses. <laughs> well, because I, I just knew, like, there's a chance that, like, if I roll a one for dexterity here yeah. in my life, I will get glass in my face yeah. because I will somehow smash my face into a wall and that will not be good for anybody. Yeah. So like, let's not take that chance, you know? Um, but as always, we, you know, we really had a good time at 60 out. Um, their rooms are really great. Once again, you know, I still say Hyde Circus is, I like that a lot better than this room. Um, but this is still a great room. Yeah. I mean, it, and if you're a big fan of like Houdini or things like that, you would definitely. Oh yeah, love if you're a big room. fan of like escape artists or kind of magician stuff, uh-huh. like you know, kind of the classic old school magician stuff, this is a great room. Mm-hmm. And like, there was a lot of fun interactive props to work with as well. Yeah, you know, like at one point, uh, you get like a rifle. Yeah, you know? I got to like sharpshoot something. Right. Um, there's stuff to do with like card tricks and mm-hmm. swords and boxes and all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really well on theme. Uh-huh. You know, the only, the only, uh, thing I would say, like I mentioned before is I think it's hard to get momentum at the beginning because yeah. that's a, that's a thing that happens in escape rooms is psychological momentum uh-huh. of like when you on a roll, you feel great and like things start clicking for you easier. Uh-huh. But the second you hit a stopper that's when like a lot of people's brains tend to be like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And, yeah, and then, and then like, you, you just kind of like that cycle of, I don't know. This is too hard. I'm right. Frustrated. And then you start to get shut down. So like this room, once you get out of your initial constraints, mm-hmm. then you can get on a roll. But until you do that, it's kind of hard to get going. Yeah. It's also a little hard because, because you are restrained in this room, mm-hmm. they have several different points so that they can restrain a larger group, right? Right. So like they have, okay, they start with, okay, we these two, right, for the minimum. Right. And then it goes on for there. And so there's a couple elements in the first room that are only if there are more players. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard enough to get distracted by those. Yeah. And the Game Master did kind of tell us like, oh, you like you don't need that or something, right. you know. So that was that was good. And and it it is like 
it's one of those rooms like i think anytime you go into a room blindfolded mm-hmm. already you're kind of a little on edge like this room is not scary by any means but it definitely it has a bit it, of a creep factor just in the yeah, fact that you the don't first know what's room coming does feel a bit creepy because some people will be in cages some yeah. people will be strained in other ways you know and yeah you're right having a hood on you and then being in a dark room and having suddenly the lights come on and you feel like you're in some dude's creepy basement yeah well yeah and let's just say houdini is not your friend in this room not really no yeah he's kind of a an evil character a bit yeah but uh like like a really upset yoda you yeah. know, he's like, he's, he, it's almost like, oh, you're my new, my new, uh, you know, uh, student and I would train you in how to be but a then skate artist. I don't then... want you to be better than me. So right. yeah, that's kind of like that. If that, that gives you kind of a sense of what the story is like. So yeah. in a way you're, you don't trust Houdini, let's just say. Not so really, you're kind of no. like, mm. <laughs> but overall, I think the puzzles were good. Mm-hmm. I think they, um, at least from what I experienced, uh, were intuitive and fun to do challenging yeah. yes but still fun and like once it's not there was no puzzle where afterwards i was like okay no really what was that that was nonsense. yeah or yeah that made no sense like once it you do have, it you're like okay it may you have know. boggled us in the moment uh-huh. but afterwards when we like finally got it we're like okay that may okay i see what you were doing you know that makes yeah. sense fine fair play you know, yeah kind of. um but yeah overall i would definitely recommend this one as well mm-hmm. you know i mean if hide circus is an a plus I think this is a B plus. Yeah. You know, maybe even an A minus. You know, it has a few little hiccups. And I'm not holding the tech failing on us uh-huh. against it. Yeah. Stuff happens. Yeah. I, and I totally understand that. I, whenever we go into a room like this, I think it's fair to judge it as it is best presented. Uh-huh. You know, like if the thing has notoriously failed for multiple people. Yeah. Then that's when you start uh-huh. to consider that. But this is a rare lightning struck the system and fried a thing and, you know, like... That's why the door didn't open at first. But we got through there. We did it. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. So once again, that was 60 outs with the uh, Silver Lake location on, yes. t- on Temple Street for the Houdini Room. Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. Do you like time travel? Movies? Video games? Comics? Sci-fi? Cartoons? Or how about action figures? Well, so do we. Every episode, we pick a topic from the geekosphere and have a little chat about it. So if you've been waiting for a groundbreaking podcast that does all of this and more, you might have what it takes to be a Geek Explorer. Come join us every other Tuesday for a fresh installment of Geek Exploration, the podcast. You can find us at geeksplorationpodcast.com or any reputable podcatcher likely a few unreputable ones. Well, it is that time to discuss what our favorite games of the moment are. It is our Friday favorites. And I will start off by saying my Friday favorites is a game we've already talked a little bit about in this episode. And that is Rival Restaurants. Because not only is it a new game that we have, um, it's a game we've wanted for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, we, like I said, we saw it at Dice Tower um, West last year, um, which we are very excited to be going to again this year. And we um, we really wanted, we really liked it, we wanted it, but at the time the Kickstarter had just finished and you couldn't buy it yet, you know. Yeah. Um, and recently, you know, the Kickstarter they've it's come out and everything, and even then you still can't really order it per se online you you can but definitely at a pretty high price i believe yeah. um 
we just happened we you know i was planning on us buying it when we go to dice tower again because i knew that the people who made it were going to be there Mm -hmm. um and i had even kind of said oh i hope you know i hope we see you so that we can purchase it um but it just happened we were at the game store that we actually talked about earlier that that geeky Geeky teens games and um we saw a copy of it at a pretty reasonable price so um i just had to do it <laughs> and we've played it twice now and i can't wait to play it again like it's so much fun i want to play all the different restaurants right um you know i am looking forward to it sometime playing with the chefs but i also like the game as it is too without them i so. will say the different restaurants not only do they have the differences like american food mm-hmm. and chinese food and italian food and like they have different dishes that are yeah. based upon those nationalities so like if you have a chinese restaurant and you make a Chinese dish, you get an extra bonus to that. Yeah, right? but you can also be the Chinese restaurant making American dishes. You yeah. just don't get an kind extra of the, point. Kind of the tongue-in-cheek humor of the game is like, you're all going to be a fusion restaurant. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a Japanese restaurant that specializes in American food. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, you know? Um, but the thing that's also interesting is that as you get more likes and progress down the victory track, you also unlock different upgrades. And I didn't realize at first that all the restaurants have different upgrades yeah. that they give. And that actually gives a whole different kind of strategy. It to does, game. yeah. It's some of them, like some of them, were like, "Oh, that's a really good thing to get," or "That's a really interesting and way to go." I will and... say, I forget which one it was, but one of the restaurants, the only upgrade they have is like, "Oh, you just automatically get so much money." But like, it's um, actually you just get an three hundred dollars. You just get six hundred dollars. You just get nine hundred dollars. Yeah. And I was laughing it off when I saw that. Like, that's dumb. Like, they look like they just ran out of ideas mm-hmm. there. Like, that doesn't seem balanced yeah. at all. But when we played it, our friend who's doing that, Phil, he dominated so i'm like because wow, he just had money to do i rescind my previous statement yeah. <laughs> like okay like it's simple but it works yeah it's it's yeah you don't laugh at it it's actually a really powerful thing to have because near money. the end when like you need that like bit of cabbage and mm-hmm. if anyone wants it you can be like i cannot bit all of you for it yeah. right now yeah and then at the actually at the end we had to do a tiebreaker because you both scored the the winning right winning um, and, amount and it they, you guys kept you had completed the same amount of recipes you had, you know you kept tying tying on everything and, and then the, it came down to money, money and it's and like he, it was no contest and i just so i didn't bother money. counting i'm like no yeah you have such a huge stack of coins in front of you it's yeah. not even close and then he admitted that he even forgot to take money on the last round <laughs> so that means he would have been like 500 dollars more richer yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah it's definitely one that i just i can't wait to like introduce a bunch of people to my friday favorite uh for this coming month is i hope we can finally go back and play round two of clank legacy edition yes we had started that we did round one and as true to our legacy um i guess legacy yeah. of uh really spacing these games out you know? i know it took us only what uh two and years a year to finish, year and a half a year and a half to finish uh, pandemic legacy one so it just you know because <laughs> Like we said, we want to make sure we have the same four people. Yeah. We don't want to be mixing people in and out because uh-huh. it's our story. Yeah. Not just yours or mine. It's our story. Uh-huh. And sometimes, you know, one person will just be, you know, I just, I don't have the energy for that right yeah. now. Yeah. And, we, and we're still coming off of sort of the holiday seasons of everyone being really busy. Right. And you and I have been a little bit busy right now because we kind of in the beginning of planning our wedding. So mm-hmm. like it's just hasn't worked out. So, but I'm hoping that uh, in this month, at some point, we can knock out yeah, round two. Yeah, for sure. Especially since in the first round, I died. <laughs> yeah. I scored zero points. <laughs> and um, I had to open a couple little boxes and, like, stickers and stuff to be like, here's what happens when you suck and you die. <laughs> like, okay. And I was so close to, like, at least 
scoring some kind of points. Uh-huh. But then I died, like, literally, like, one space away. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you guys just had to keep buying from the adventure row and force the dragon to attack again. So <laughs> I was begging them, like, please, st- just stop. Don't buy anything. <laughs> if you don't buy anything, the dragon won't attack. No, we, we have to. But... But the kitty card is so cute and I want it. <laughs> Mr. Whiskers is begging me to buy him. <laughs> so that's my Friday favorite. <laughs> well, I think that does it for uh, this month. Music for this episode is Mega Rust by TwinMusic.com. As always, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. However, rates and reviews on iTunes are much appreciated as to help new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So come talk to us. Thanks for listening and goodbye.